Podcast ain't played nobody. Wrap up edition, hangover edition. I don't know. We haven't branded it yet. It doesn't matter. Let's jump right into it. Um, he's the robot, Bill Connolly. My name is Stephen Godfrey. This is podcast ain't played nobody. Uh, this is the marriage of uh, numbers and words in college football. I don't even remember the slogan. It, uh, B minus on the weekend. Yeah, B, yeah. B minus. Okay. What do you feel? A C plus. I mean, I you know the, the bottom line is there's always going to be funkiness and and fun finishes and yada yada yada. We still got you know a, another kick incident during Miami Florida State, which yeah. was awesome. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm being mean, I guess. We had a crazy overtime game that would have been uh, you know that was meaningful between two undefeated SEC teams that would have been much more thrilling had it not lasted five hours, uh, literally, uh, literally five hours. Um, and so, yeah, you know, there, there wasn't the, – the early stretch wasn't amazing. Yeah, I'd say B-minus. I'm not going to yeah. go into the Cs. It's hard for me to go into the Cs. We might go into the Cs this coming week, yeah, but we I'll say B-minus. All right, let's jump into it and start that timer. Number 25, this week's S&P Plus ratings compiled by one Mr. Bill Connolly. Number 25, a UCLA team that lost – let's scroll okay. way down to a 5-1 and one Number 61, Arizona State team. Explain yourself, Bill. <laughs> um, I, yeah, UCLA is getting propped up a little bit by the preseason projections. They're almost out. After next week, they will be completely out of the numbers. Uh, that will hurt some teams a decent amount. Um, they came out of the gates pretty efficient, and they were controlling things. Uh, then they fell into a funk in the second quarter and never got it back. Um, so I would assume UCLA basically, or Arizona State basically won this game with field position above all else. And UCLA created more scoring chances, probably should have won, didn't. Uh, and, you know, oh, actually the win expectancy on in, in the stats that I used said that Arizona State would have only won that game about 22% of the time. So that's why... That's why you end up with a result like this, but you don't really end up with any movement between for either team, really. But they're not they're not long for the top twenty five unless they unless they improve. Number twenty four, North Carolina. We're going to save the Tar Heels until we get to Virginia Tech a little further up the yep. rankings. Number twenty three, RIP. We've come to the end of the road, at least in terms of probably national title consideration. I know it's not completely. Yep. Out of the oh, realm, it's, it's, but it's 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 out of the yeah. Realm. Houston tumbles all the way. You had them sixteen last week. They're at twenty three now. They're five and one. Um, this was it, we would lightly throw in Navy preseason talking about the the bumps in the road between Oklahoma and Louisville. Um, Houston goes on the road. Houston's been a little banged up at key spots, but um, these things happen. This this was very much a Navy win over a ranked team in oh, yeah, every way possible. Navy Navy the hell out of this one. They got the yeah. turnovers they needed. They dominated. They crushed Houston in field position, which is kind of hard to do. Um, and they you know they split the difference in efficiency. They had the efficiency advantage until the fourth quarter when they kind of they didn't shut things down exactly, but they um, started playing it a little safer. And um, it was just, yeah, they got Navy. They they fell behind, and Navy is deadly if you let them get a lead. They did exactly what Navy does. They actually passed the ball pretty well, too. There were some, uh, yeah. They, they ran, to, ran to set the pass up like you're supposed to, but it actually, it's, um, as I study these, these offenses for an upcoming feature, man, occasionally Navy can just murder you. And, yeah, this and, is like, and compensate in every way that Navy's supposed to and, and the way this offense is supposed to. They are the best at it. 
Yeah, I mean, this, if you think of this, in t- you know, we're in baseball playoffs now. So if you think of this as like best of five or best of seven, and, it best, and basically any best of five or best of seven, there's going to be a game like this if you're playing Navy. Um, and Houston, Houston really against a much better Navy team last year handled their business. Like at the end of the year, right before um, the AAC title game, that was very, very impressive what they did to that Navy team. This Navy team's not as good, but again, you fall behind, you're gonna, it's going to take forever to catch up. They had the big turnover, the, the pick six, I think it was um and they got the long pass touchdown into the third quarter and that was that um usc staves off their 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 bid in narrative saturday uh they beat a number 21 colorado team which i still think is a really good team that is probably the team to beat in the south maybe i mean colorado? Outside of Arizona no, State. no 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 there is no team to beat in the south it might be utah right now um, USC beats Colorado 21 to 17. I still like the buffs. Um, I think this just delays a lot of the inevitable problems that we'll be discussing later at USC. Um, not a Dory Jackson's awesome. And I don't really <laughs> have any kind of, uh, any narrative shift on, uh, on the Trojans. Yeah, no, Colorado is still a good team. They'll, they'll definitely play a role here. I mean, they still have a chance to beat UCLA and, and Utah. And, and at this point, I would say this shapes up to be a four team race, maybe five, maybe I'm underselling Arizona state. But right now, I would say it's going to come down to Utah or Colorado or USC or UCLA. Uh, UCLA is already one and two; they're already a game behind. But um, I, yeah, Colorado still has a chance here. But I'm my guess is maybe I feel best about Utah at this point, which means UC, which means USC is going to win. The bus are thirty seventh, by the way, in the S and P plus. So kind of kind of creeping out there. We move on. Um, whew, uh, number twenty one, Stanford. Um, you. So let me save you the time. Here's here's why. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not even questioning the ranking. I'm just questioning. Oh, I've, been, I've had it questioned all day. It's kind of fun. Like every year, you know, the following grow, the grows just a little bit so that I have to make the same, like, so the, the, the why is so-and-so ahead of so-and-so uh, transitive property stuff uh, gets a little louder every year. But the, the bottom line with Stanford um, was that they, um, they looked like crap, but they beat Kansas State, who looked pretty good. They've beaten USC, who looked pretty good. Uh, they they beat UCLA, who didn't look terrible at least, and they beat they well they played at Washington, who then turned around and destroyed Oregon as well. So uh, basically, their their strength of schedule went skyrocketing enough to kind of balance out the fact that they look like crap. They are also not long for the top twenty five if they do not turn things around. That offense is just dreadful. That offensive line is very very unstanford like. Uh, yeah, we're probably another week or two removed for some super dumb takes about Stanford. But you know, if this is just a point of regression, it occurs in every program at some point, except Alabama. Well, it happened two years ago, and then they turned right around and did this again. They you know surged right back. So. Um, this is, you know, everything has to be a referendum. And I, no, it's just Stanford's not very good this year. The Stanford dynasty's over there. I just wrote USA Today's headline for him. Um, Pac-12 has evolved, yeah. Our friends at Wisconsin sitting in uh, right where I kind of think they should be at 20th. Um, they were off this week, so we can just slide past that. Boise State was in a revenge game uh, <laughs> against the New Mexico team that beat them in uh, in Boise last year. They just... It was it was embarrassing. It was bad. Uh, they come in at number nineteen. Uh, they are now probably not well equipped enough to to move into the G five, you know, uh, playoff at large, whatever spotlight. But they're definitely in contention for one of those bowl, those partner bowl slots without a doubt. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that this with Houston losing now, Houston. Well, let's put it this way: with Houston losing, and then if we were to assume that Houston loses to Louisville as well, um, Boise State's a very good position to. Um, 
to to get that not not a playoff bid by any means. Houston was the only one that had a chance at that. But in terms of that G five big bowl slot, they might be well positioned here. I'm really curious though about Western Michigan uh, because they have a couple power conference wins. Let's say you get to the end and it's 13 and 0 Boise State against 13 and 0 Western Michigan. I think our natural inclination is to go with the Mountain West team there. Sure. Western Michigan's been very impressive. Oh, I think they've got some time, and I think I think PJ Fleck. Something tells me PJ Fleck will be working folks in the media very soon. Number eighteen. <laughs> this is a game I watched every minute of um, because it was nice. I was home this weekend. Um, first off, I, I before we talk about the game, Penn State jumps from thirty-eight to eighteenth. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, that one kind of threw me a little bit. I mean, they look spectacular, and Maryland looked bad, but they had a role in Maryland looking bad. Maryland hasn't looked bad this year. Maryland dropped um, fourteen spots down to fifty-four. Right, they were fortieth, twenty. Whatever. Maryland, Maryland was fortieth heading into the game. They were a favorite. They were. Fa- it was in uh, Happy Valley, and they were favorite. So uh, it, it was right. I'm not making that up, right? No, that's correct. Okay, yeah. So um, I also watched part of the game, and then I doubt myself. Um, no, they they basically they came out. Uh, Maryland had a decent uh, offensive success in the first quarter, and that was it. They got they uh, got better defensively every single quarter, and at the end of the the game, you look up and they had um, you know they beat them by one point three yards per play. They dominated field position. They got some turnovers, luck just to kind of top it all off. They destroyed a decent team, and um, you know that's basically it. Now again, with, like with Stanford, they also benefited from previous opponents doing well. The the fact that they didn't lose seventy eight to nothing to Michigan meant they, they kind of got a boost from that too uh, because they only lost by 39 points to apparently superhuman Michigan team. But um, no, they just, they, that was a bigger jump than I expected, but I expected them to jump because they looked really good. It may be, it, it could very well end up being one of Penn State's best looking wins. If Maryland, if, if Maryland, you know, it, it was a questionable 4-0 start because of the opponents, but something tells me that Franklin will work his way on the press side. Into, into, right. And uh, yeah, Maryland turns Maryland around. If Maryland turns around and loses seven in a row, then those opponent adjustments will make this game look worse and worse. But as it stands now, it was very impressive. I mean, McSorley's 10 for 19, rushes for 100-plus yards. Barkley is 200-plus. This was the offense that when I went up there in the spring, they were selling me on. And it was the first time I've seen it. Um, I was – they they, well, I take that back. They did some great things in the Pittsburgh game, but this was complete. Um, They also found a pass rush. It was solid, and they've lost a lot on defense. So – Good win for Penn State. Something that everyone can calm down about. Oh, hey, there's Baylor at 17, Bill. Yep. Anything to say about Baylor? Nope. Okay. All right. Number. <laughs> here's what we'll do: is we'll, we'll pair number 16 and number 13 together in a yep. second, so we won't reveal it. All right. Let's jump back up to 15 and then back down to 24. Number 15, Virginia Tech. Um, is wow. Short-term diagnostics, Fuente is going to end up looking like the greatest hire in the world, only only to have Mark Rick nipping at his heels. But uh, this was a great win for Virginia yeah. Tech. This was yeah, I kind of I, I my this was this was a good this was a good win for S and P. S and P had Virginia Tech very high, um, and you know I think the reason it, it was kind of a funny little game here because like Virginia's Tech Virginia's Tech's offense really didn't do much. But this was such a defense performance. And I, I will say the reason why they didn't really move up, number one, Auburn moved up more, so it kind of jumped them a little bit. Um, and number two, 
they were lucky. Uh, in terms of turnovers luck in this game, Virginia Tech was plus 16, which means they don't, which means maybe this was really like a 15 point win and not a 31 point win. But it was still very impressive to do that to a really, really confident North Carolina team that was really trying to get buzz uh, after last week's Florida State win. Uh, they went in there and there's no question, even though the offense was only okay, it was very good in the second half or better in the second half. And they just looked the part. They, this is what Virginia Tech's supposed to look they like. They looked like, well, here's the thing they look like the Virginia Tech part on right. special teams, turnovers, and defense. Defense. Sacks and turnovers. That's yeah. enough to get people fired up. What what gets people really excited and what is actually interesting from an objective viewpoint is Evans is good. He can be better. Virginia Tech's offense is still in development. It, yeah. it, it's fun to think about how that could be scary. That could be. Right, they're now 15th overall in S&P. They're still only 89th in offense, and they're 15th overall. That says something about how defense and special teams are going right now. Again, my, my upper middle class cul-de-sac of the ACC is, is shaping up nicely. Speaking of, we'll skip Miami at 14 until we get to the Knowles. Uh, number 13, Texas A&M beats number 18, Tennessee. I would agree with it. Tennessee kind of sticking right 16, around that. 16, 16. Oh, sorry. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. 16. Um, I can't read today. Uh, 16, Tennessee. Um, yeah. I, I still think A&M is the best team in the SEC, and I know that's like a hot take, but um, it's, yeah. it's coming along nicely. It's Don't worry about yeah, that for a second. Just couch that okay. for a second. Okay. Um, I still assume that Tennessee is going to figure out a way to win this game, honestly. Tennessee is just, man – they are, they are good, blessed, and lucky, you know. And it, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, that was, even in the SEC, was, good, blessed, and lucky doesn't mean you go undefeated like Auburn from a couple years ago. Right. But yeah, no, this uh, was. Uh, I'm fascinated you know, to see what they do against Alabama. I was starting to get itchy as the game was coming down the stretch because I saw like even Reese Davis tweeted something like this where, you know, it was very clear the narrative was starting to become, forget luck, this is just a good team. Like, no, 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 it's good and lucky. You can There's be definitely, both. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. No, they didn't suddenly become efficient. They didn't suddenly become ruthless. They didn't and suddenly and become really good teams, really good teams play the first half. Like it's what their comebacks were just have just been remarkable because you can just see them reeling it, the other team in. You can see the other team going, "Oh crap, uh, here we go! I can't do anything about this. Why don't my arms working anymore?" And uh, Tennessee just completes it every single time, even if it means giving up a, like an eighty-yard touchdown run and then poking the ball out at the one. Um, they figured out a way, and it was very impressive. But I was I was kind of glad A and M won this game because I didn't want to have to deal with that narrative of no, this isn't luck at all. They're just good when it's both. Um, speaking of having arguments, um, number twelve Auburn jumps up from seventeen. Um, they're four and two now. They pasted a bad Mississippi State team. Uh, I, I was mixing it up a little bit with with some Auburn fans who. Even smart ones, and we ha- I know a lot of smart ones, believe it or not. They tend to get very hyperbolic and defensive. Um, they haven't really – you know, Kevin Steele's defense looks great, right? They won 38-14. to 14. They killed ULM last week, and then they beat LSU 18-13, to 13, which is now like a completely isolated, you know, data set because it's post-less and pre-less. Uh, A&M put 29 on them. And then the Clemson team that we saw in week one, I still don't know if I should understand that Clemson was very much trying to figure its 2016 offense out or is Auburn legitimate on defense? I still don't know. Yeah. There's a lot feel... of context. There yeah. is, you know, for the Clemson game and the Auburn game, there was context. Um, Mississippi State still, they're, they're kind of like Maryland in that they haven't, they didn't look that bad until this week. And there's probably a reason they looked that bad this week. 
the South, like I said before about the South Alabama game, that was the classic go ahead and then fall asleep too early kind of game, which isn't good, but it's not a, you know, slam dunk, you're terrible kind of thing. Um, they just, I mean, Mississippi State got that kind of tipped interception right at the start of the game, went down and missed a field goal, and that was that. Auburn just laid the hammer down after that, and I was very, very impressed. Um, you know, the offense is still only okay, especially yep. by Auburn standards. They packed it in in the second half, which is fine. They they could. They had the lead. But they were, very, they were efficient in the first half, uh, and they really they made Mississippi State's uh, offense look really, really bad. So um, don't understand the Kevin Steele hire. I don't understand why he was hired. I don't understand why it's working. But um, if I'm wrong, to- if, if I'm wrong and it's not just the current context and there is a pattern that develops as they get through the stretch of conference, play, we're going to know here soon because they're playing yeah. Arkansas. Oh, yeah. They're playing Ole Miss. They're playing Bama because I'm not really going to put a whole lot into Vandy or Georgia. And it's at moment. Ole Miss, at Georgia, and at Alabama, yeah. too. So, so uh, it's one of those arguments you'll feel a hell of a lot better about at the end of the actual regular season. But <laughs> um, it, would be, it would be something, Bill, without putting any more of a, a noun on it. It would be something to see Auburn survive a transition year, Gus go out and find the pieces he's been missing these last couple of years in the next recruiting cycle, and then them come back as a much more complete, true sort of top 10 team next year. If he were to skate oh, yeah, by I, a firing year on defense, that would be something. Yeah, um, and right now, uh, our anxiety bowl, the thing we talked about all offseason, Auburn and A&M are 12-13 in S&P. They're combined 10-2. and um, and, and meanwhile, Les Miles was the one that got fired. Yeah, no, it's it's okay to be totally wrong. But, you know, I, I did say this. The center was not going to hold, and I still think there's not – I think the blood hasn't – the blood isn't over. No, no, no yeah, there's right. still – we're still it, at most halfway through any team season right now. so We can uh, linger a little bit, Bill, because we're just going to excise number 11 Florida and number 9 LSU for obvious reasons. I'm actually in the middle of working on a, a true blue, no fooling, no blogging news story about what's going on with the rescheduling there. So we're just going to couch it for now. So let's go and talk about number 10 Florida State. And yep. Miami, we left back at number 14. Um, awesome game. Yeah, no, I was impressed with both teams. You know, uh, they both looked like top 15, 20 level teams at, at worst. And I, I feel for Miami. Oh, man, I feel for Miami. They really, really wanted this game. And Florida yeah. State um, just, you know, when it was when it was time, they, they took the game over. They survived early. It could have been – well, it, I was going to say it could have been worse in the first half. It also could have been better. Both teams blew chances. Um, but once they got that break, once they got that pick in the end zone in the third quarter – um, they that was remarkable. Like what the next ten minutes or so, ten to fifteen minutes, they were an outstanding team. They almost gave it back. Um, they needed a blocked PAT, which means you know on average this game goes to overtime. If if you're asking him to line up and kick a uh, hundred PATs, that's maybe the only one that doesn't go through. But um, power to him. FSU needed this one. It's hard not to linger on what might have been if Miami wins this game. Sitting at you know with their number tenth in the country coming in. It's yeah. very, very hard to sell Miami to Miami right now, and it has been for so many years of complacency, to have the new stadium open, to have Mark Rick come in from the Southeastern Conference to 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 not really fix, but just what enhanced turbo boost Brad Kaya. Had they won this game, I think it would have been a... a, a uh, Bud would probably argue against me as a fundamental momentum shift in, in recruiting in South Florida through the next cycle, but it definitely would have been a really, really strong starting off point for a new Miami yeah. All of that can still kind of happen. It, it still yeah. can kind of happen. They've got. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they they're in the right division. Left. 
they can still win the Coastal, and Florida State probably can't win its division, so they can still kind of sort of get the last laugh, even though yeah. the losing streak continues. Um, but, yeah, it was just they had it. They had it, and they lost it. Their uh, offense, success rate by quarter for Miami, 46% in the first, 38 in the second, 27 in the third, uh, 18 in the fourth. Uh, they just didn't quite have enough, and Florida State's defense actually looked like Florida State's defense for a while. But number eight, Oklahoma. All right, six minutes. Let's go. Yeah, all right. Yeah, number eight, Oklahoma. Um, I, I, I don't – no difference in opinion whatsoever, an outcome I pretty much expected. Um, yeah, Baker Baker Mayfield is good when he wants to be. He's also incredibly turnover-prone when he wants to be. The defense is athletically gifted and completely poorly managed at times, especially in the secondary. It's the Big 12. I don't know if I'm changing my opinion at all yeah. about this team after a 45-40 game. No, I've considered uh, OU as a favorite in the Big 12 uh, all year, and that hasn't really wavered, and, and it still hasn't wavered. This was this win expectancy for OU in this game was 90%. That kind of It took a lot for Texas to stay that close. They were plus nine in terms of turnovers luck, uh, in terms of points from turnovers luck, that is. Uh, and um, and OU really – OU first quarter success rate for Texas, 13%. Like they really – they came out doing exactly all the things they needed to do, uh, but they screwed up. They had the turnovers early. They let Texas hang around, and then uh, in the second half, Texas got going, and it got kind of – it became pretty dicey. Number seven, Ole Miss was on a bye. I will say that they're heading into an Arkansas team. They got beat up by Bama, but Arkansas vexes Ole Miss. So it's good. That, that'll be one game we can look forward to this week. It's kind of yeah. not a great schedule. Number six, Washington. I'm ready for this team to be in the playoff. They're really good. <laughs> they're fun, and I yeah. like them. And they're just yeah, they're, it's fun to watch six. them. It's fun to watch them blow out teams. Yeah, oh, man. And they um... – they just they, they because they're complete. They are very close. Their special teams could be better, but they, um, you know, you look at the 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 unit ratings here. Only Ohio State and Alabama are in the top fifteen in both offense and defense. Besides Washington, Washington's fourteenth in offense and eight, and ninth in defense. I was getting a little annoyed at the. Uh, you know, it's it's finally time we ca- we consider Jake Brown in a Heisman candidate stuff yesterday because Miles Gaskin is awesome and he was really he was the star for me of the first half when they really kind of put the game away. Uh, he had a couple long runs I think and then his backup had a, a long run as well. This is a very complete team that's awesome in the trenches and yeah, kind of kind of kind of ready for them to see to to play a Clemson or an Alabama or an Ohio State or a Michigan just to see where they're at because it seems like they're pretty far. Uh, Clemson was on a bye this week as well. Um, well, not Louisville. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm looking at one and talking about the other. Um, so Louisville was on a buyout coming off the Clemson loss this week. Louisville heads into a stretch where they're going to have to redefine themselves by blowing out uh, inferior opponents. And luckily, they have a few of those coming up in the Duke, yeah. NC State, Virginia, and BC. So they're just going to have to kind of hang 40, 50, 60 for a while. Um, everyone is, I think, what we're all in consensus that they still very much belong at this sort of top tier conversation. Um, yeah. Hey, Clemson, they beat the crap out of BC. Basically, said the exact same thing. Everything's fine. They look good. Short week, road game, Friday night. They were, yeah, no, they, they were Clemson. Moving on, you know. That is a that is a weird team. Boston College is still pretty good defensively. Uh, it's Friday night in a weird environment, and they just yeah they they took no chances. They uh, took charge in the first half, and that was that. Um, number three, Alabama is a team that I, I jokingly troll for most of my career. Um, <laughs> I have been completely not indifferent. I, I just haven't felt like they're they're an Alabama as usual yet this year, but I can't seem to argue against their fact they're always scoring on defense. Like they're starting to get the ruthlessness down. 
and yeah. I'm starting to feel it now. I really am, and I think I might go see them play Tennessee this week if everything works out. So, um, yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. I love that uh, our Richard Johnson pointed out that he's like he was one of the ten leading receivers in the country this week uh, with his interception returns. He had he he had five passes defensed this week. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, yeah, you have a defense that this is a really kind of anti-Alabama game. The, uh, Arkansas averaged uh, almost six yards per play, but Alabama had the defensive touchdowns, and they uh, their their own offense averaged ten yards per play, which yeah, is it was over uh, ten yards, right? Yeah, it was uh, good. That's very good. And um, <laughs> yeah, this was well, a strange. Look, you know, when you time. have a gimmick offense like Alabama's, <laughs> right? This whole pace and tempo thing is such a. Such a, actually, yeah, they only had 51 snaps, I guess, because they were scoring so quickly. But, uh, no, this was not an Alabama game, but it was, uh, it was still a very impressive statement. Uh, number one, number two, it's Ohio State-Michigan. Um, we can kind of talk about these schools in tandem because everyone else is and everyone else probably should. Um, I like Indiana. They're plucky. <laughs> That's probably the, the best <laughs> word I can say for Indiana uh, football. Um, but Ohio State did everything they needed to. Um, I watched more of that than I did. I just scoreboard watched Michigan and Rutgers mainly because yeah, I'm God, I ma- couldn't. I just couldn't. I, I, I'm not a masochist. Um, I mean, any one of these box scores would have been a, probably last year's Michigan team beating Rutgers. Any, I'm sorry, any one of these by quarter box scores would have been the Michigan team last year beating Rutgers. For instance, twenty nine to nothing in the second quarter, twenty one to nothing in the fourth quarter. This was. Um, this was an assault. I'll put it that way. I mean, it, I, I don't know how much you extrapolate from it, but I have obviously no problem. I, I, I assume you feel fine with these two sitting up top right now. I definitely oh, yeah. feel fine with, with Ohio State. I, much more of a known quantity there. Well, now now is the point last year where Michigan also had like an absolutely ridiculously amazing defense that shut out a bunch of teams and looked untouchable. Then they suffered a couple of injuries and their defensive line fell apart. That's why the second half of last season didn't work out as well for Michigan. That and you know the punt, but. Um, now, so now we got to, you know, they, they seem deeper on the defensive line and they just, they haven't gotten those costly injuries yet, at least. So if they keep this up, they are absolutely one of the two or three best teams in the country. We just have to, we just now have to see them keep it up. But God, it was um, 15 yards for Rutgers, yeah. uh, 0.9 yards per possession per my numbers. Um, I, <laughs> This was zero percent passing success rate. Here's the deal. You can pretty much frame these two together because now Michigan goes on a bye. It's Illinois, Michigan State. We, do we, we get a phone call on the Sunday show? No, that's uh, that's the new timer, Dane. That's the one we set for the kid, uh, and that I forgot to set it jazzy. up. Um, oh, yeah. So Michigan bye week, Illinois, Sparty, we talk about Sparty on Wednesday. Illinois, Sparty, Maryland, Iowa, Indiana, and then the game. Sparty, kind of, kind of not, kind of, basically the same situation in that. Cool. We preach against comparative analytics, but we do get to see Ohio State go to Camp Randall this weekend. So yeah, oh yeah, that's going to be to that. It's going to be and it's in Camp Randall. Uh, you yeah. know, that's they seem like the type of team that can take advantage of Ohio state still has a little bit to prove offensively because they are not very good on passing downs. Well, then the interesting thing is too, is they may take a ding here because they have the tougher schedule remaining. They're at Wisconsin at Penn state. And then they get Nebraska at home. If they, if they sweep through all that, then they get Maryland, Michigan state, but if they sweep through all that, they're going to have one of the best schedules and best resumes in the country. 
because I, st- I think probably Oklahoma is going to back their way into the conference title. But uh, if they go in at one loss against an undefeated Michigan, I, p- I think I still like Ohio State. Yeah, probably, especially since it's in Columbus. But um, now, and that's that's kind of this is basically still a playoff elimination game as long as as long as um, I, I would say as long as one of the two teams gets to eleven and zero and heading into that game, uh, and the other obviously the other team only loses once. But you have eleven and zero versus ten and one. That's probably a playoff elimination game right there. And I think you're right. I think Ohio State's probably the more likely to slip up just because of the schedule. Although at Michigan State, no matter how bad Michigan State is, um, that, that's to, if you're a Michigan fan, you still have to be nervous as hell about that game. So. Uh, we'll see. No, but nothing's guaranteed. But I think those two in Alabama have clearly been the best three teams in the country. Washington's been really close. Clemson's getting closer uh, after kind of a mediocre couple uh, first two three weeks there. Um, it's we we have figured out the hierarchy at this point. It's just we, now we wait for everything to change. Little a little bit of a mid year low as we go into week seven. Wasn't a, like I said we were you know it wasn't fantastic this week. But you know what? It's still college football. It's, we still right. rejoice. Hey, I just want to throw this out. Wyoming Cowboys they're four and two. Powder River, two yeah. and zero in the Mountain West. Better watch out, Boise. Uh, Bill and is- they'd be five and one if they hadn't run into the steam uh, engine that is Eastern Michigan. We will discuss that on Wednesday. That's a promise. All right, Bill. We'll see you this week. Yep.